What's happening there, podcast listeners Ooh, hey. of the Real Rejects? Yeah, you're used to seeing our faces. Not today. Not today. Screw faces. People are strange. When you're a stranger, we're trying to get into the music side of Spotify, but Definitely. they think that John's guitar skills are not good enough. Guys, we're going to watch the movie Nobody. We're about to watch Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk from that scene in The Disaster Artist and the director of Hardcore Henry mm -hmm. and the writer of John Wick. This is a movie we've really been wanting to watch for a long, long time. We saved it just for you guys. But if it's not Marvel, we go, this can wait a few years. Yes, always. And now we're finally getting around to this. Few years have come and it's time. We watched three to four movies a year, and now it's gonna do that, nobody. That tentpole Marvel and or other big franchise. We don't movies. mention yeah. those here on the podcast. I saw a cinema movie a couple weeks ago. It was crazy. Uh, yeah. I it did. wasn't as crazy as Nobody. Didn't understand it without an origin tale that's yeah. attached to it. Uh, and, and a whole slew of comics. So, uh, yeah, and this is a, I've heard like nothing but good things about this film. It's a wild ride. And we're going to review it right after. And um, if I'm being totally honest with you, we already filmed it. And uh, this is a retroactive intro. Yeah. We're just pretending like we are about to watch yeah. the movie. We already yeah. know how we felt. I think, though, if uh, it might be kind of weird, like, well, okay, you're doing a podcast review. I mean, is nobody worthy of it? I think so, because I think we have a little bit of a different take, very positive, but a different take that. Uh, Explores the nuances of the action comedy. Cool, cool fights. There's cool, cool fights, fights in the yeah. movie. Cool fights. <laughs> got people punching. <laughs> gun sucks without any visual <laughs> illustrations yeah. to back it up. No, no, no. I think it'd be worth it. So we have a little discussion during the credits. We have to have an awkward cutout of the post-credit scene part. Okay. Yeah. We don't even talk about it. We don't need it. And then, uh, yeah, then the review. But thanks, guys, for being here. Enjoy your time here. Roll that intro, John. Yes, of course. Right now. Three, two, one. I don't hear anything. Three, two, one. I don't hear it's, you doing the on, intro. Hold on. It's not working. I'm trying. I'm trying. Hold on. If everybody just stops for a minute and really thinks about the intro, imagines it in their minds, ears, and eyes, they'll at least hear the sound. I'm under the impression podcast intros are usually far too long. I think they could be longer. <laughs> I think the intro should be a sub-podcast in and of itself that nobody's inclined to skip over. <laughs> cool. Snap diggity. Nice. That was great. Terrific. That uh, flew by. Absolutely. That really flew by. Damn. David admirable train for waiting for post credit scene now. Alrighty. There's gotta be one. It's gotta be a setup for the future. John Wick crossover. We just watched the setup for the future. Another setup for more future. That's his personal future. I'm talking about the franchise future. He Jay. got a call from the unknown, and so we don't know exactly what it is, but that being, he's being contacted about something. All right, fine. Then I'll change my hopes to an innocuous joke post credit scene that doesn't amount to anything. I got his daughter the kidding. It's like a Wolfman story. 
Absolutely is, yeah. Sometimes a little more of a rhythm. I feel like it's a post credits income, yeah. Six sons of bitches. Yeah. It's in the family, man. It is. Hey, man, I mean, grandpa probably, or dad to them, probably uh, taught, taught him how to do that three-guy sniper shot. I love it. The whole thing is wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. It's like the entire movie. This guy who's literally, he's born into being this person, mm -hmm. and he wants something else, but it is just a veneer. Yeah, it's like a werewolf movie where you watch, where you meet someone who's actually already sort of conquered their affliction only to then discover they actually want to lean into it and let it back out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they haven't, but it's like he's hungry. That's yeah. what that first act is. He's just hungry for more. He wants... He wants to feed again. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, it was, a bit of, it was a bit of a reaction on that bus, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It's that, that blood hunger. It's like once he gets that first taste, he holds back. It's like, oh, it starts the Jones, you know? But there is a... Yeah, I like that it was a moral conundrum. Because it was, it was a weird turn on things when the couple breaks in. I heard there were Russians in it, and the girl sounded Russian when she first started speaking. And I was like, oh, they're Latinos. <laughs> but I thought it was an interesting turn of events of how he goes in there and he decides, like, okay, Kitty Brace was taken, felt the shame, it's time for him to get revenge. Just lets them go. And that's the end of what happened there with that couple who came in and kicked off this whole event for him in his life. And they just stumbles onto something else because they, they they brought it back to he just wants to feed. It's not about getting revenge. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I thought, like, oh, what an interesting turn. I, I thought it was going to be like, oh, John Wick, like kind of someone breaks in and then he's here to get revenge now. And then, oh, but he took revenge on the wrong people and it's led to all this. So I thought it was kind of a cooler through line mm -hmm. that it's this all stems because he just had to get back to who he was, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like a super personal, like you, they set up all these things and I'm sure that they do factor in of like, oh man, he's got to prove himself to his son. He's got to, you know, like re-establish himself as, you know, like the, the alpha of this yeah. family, but it's really not about that at all. I wish they brought some of that back at the end. Yeah. There was something with his son. Yeah, since that was that seemed to be a definite focus of a big part of what he was feeling ashamed about was wanting to be like feel like a man in front of his family, mm -hmm. in front of his son, especially, you know, I think we got like uh, 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 enough, you know, like when he sees he's all messed up, he's like, hey, I'm proud of you. Hey, hey, tackle that guy. Then his son comes up and sees like, oh, my God, my dad's a badass. My dad took all these but, dudes down. But I did want a moment with him and his son, just mm -hmm. like something. Like, even if it was like a an exchange of looks <laughs> between each other or something yeah. like that, his son really, you, you get that emotional beat, is, I guess is what I sort of wanted. But it's also like he, I like how it's, it's both. Like, he, he loves his family and he's really soft and sensitive towards them. I just think freaking Bob Odenkirk plays those nuances so well. Yeah. And those, uh, okay, it's officially over. Hey, hey. We'll continue talking about it now. Ah! I think he plays this, those, um, nuances so incredibly well of 
it's like when he wipes off the board of like 240 days till uh, since it's an accident or something since happened. Last incident, yeah. You know, like a lot of movies that try to have a little bit of that humor to their shoot 'em up flicks can be a little excessive. And like, I get the joke. You know, <laughs> like sometimes I, I, it felt lived in here versus. I get the joke, all right? He's a family well, man. Do, <laughs> yeah. They didn't do an insert on it and make it a whole moment. It's yeah. that thing of like, you could almost miss it if you weren't really fully aware or, of or paying attention to what the gag is. It feels really natural the way everything works in that regard of him being a family man. Like, of how like something like the movie Shoot Him Up or something like Mr. and Mrs. Smith might overdo it. Like, I get it, your husband and wife and your family jokes, you know? Hey, it's kind of a cartoon, it's heightened, and you're having yeah. fun with that, I understand. I, I thought they did it just enough in here to yeah. the point where it never became annoying and, and would come at surprising moments. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't like an, uh, an, it wasn't like ever a moment of over bantering. Yeah. Even, even amongst the family dynamics. It gets a little far-fetched for me when old man Christopher Lloyd shows up at the end and it's like, no one can shoot him. He's blaze just, of glory. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's funny. Uh, it's a little... I was Rizzo the one who got shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I thought the moment where he's in the chair and the Russian guys show up and he like pulls out his sawed-off shotgun and blasts them. I thought that was a cool moment. Mm. And But yeah, when he's at the warehouse itself, I'm like, it's a little much, but still cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You've earned it. You've earned this movie. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, it it adds because of just the scenario and because of like Christopher Lloyd, like the presence that he brings, just because we know Christopher Lloyd, and then too, yeah, he is his much performance old. is great. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, like there's a charm and a cheekiness to that that is just in fitting enough with the movie to make it okay. It's like it's it's the movie has some height, but like you you name check those other movies, and it's not going for that level of craziness and so I feel like yeah it approaches with Christopher Lloyd maybe the ceiling of that but it doesn't for me go beyond to the point where I'm like ah, I'm kind of pulled out of this now you know yeah because when I saw the trailer it, it came back to me just now I remember with the kitty kitty bracelet moment mm -hmm. like you really like kitty bracelet motherfucker like when he's screaming mm -hmm. I thought the movie was going to be that the whole time instead <laughs> of John Wick's dog it's his daughter's bracelet <laughs> yeah. yeah I thought it would just be a bunch of jokes about him like you know being a family man too and it, but it wasn't you know it really wasn't it felt like that's just who his character is it felt like a person we were watching accept himself like this was this bob onikrook's really great at playing those relatable guys who have a walk around with a sense of shame <laughs> you know and it's a shame of like what his past is but he's also not proud of who he is now because he's got to repress who he really feels like he is internally and then as this wolfman story is going on he by the end accepts who he is and looks like he repairs his marriage and is able to have a fresh start while being on this stage of acceptance uh, of the kind of man that he really is and he got to show his family too so i think it's a i think it's a cool story and yeah. I did find myself legit concerned for him at, at one point. I was I was actually worried. Whereas when you compare it to, because this is the same writer from John Wick, and the and the movie was constantly compared when I heard it. Whereas opposed to, um, you know, John Wick, I'm never really worried for John Wick in that film. You're worried for everyone else. <laughs> yeah, because the way he fights, he escalatingly gets smoother throughout this film. 
Yeah. You know, it, watching a guy literally shake the dust off. Yeah, because in the first bus fight, he's getting his ass kicked quite a bit. Um, but he's he's like Rocky Balboa. You know, he brawls. He's bulldog. He like no matter. And I think that's what's cool distinguishing the fighting styles. He just gets in there rough and tumble in style. You know, he's not clean about it. But by the time you get to the finale, where he is very strategic about it, that's when he's at his smoothest with how he handles everything. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's cool to watch a guy go through rough, tough, and then, like, that first fight, he gets hurt a lot. He gets thrown through the window, you know? <laughs> and then the second fight at his family home, it's still kind of like that. It gets a few hits on him. And then by the time you get to the finale, it's just like, oh no, he's 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 back. He's, <laughs> he, form now. he's who yeah. he, who's he's who he says he used to be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that it does really nicely to separate itself from John Wick, especially in that way of yeah, you have like with John Wick when it kicks off, it's like oh his skills haven't aged a day, <laughs> you know, like he is completely kind of ready to jump back into this. Whereas here, you're watching this internal debate happen throughout, and I really like like it's realized in dialogue it's realized in scenes but i think a lot of it is mostly in the performance of just the internal stuff that bob odenkirk is really good at throwing out there so that yeah you are watching this sort of back and forth within this man and i love the way they handle the the initial robbery because it as the movie goes on picks up this quality where it's like okay in that full sheep's clothing mode it's probably look i know what i'm capable of these are just two punks who are you know desperate and afraid i don't want to destroy them right now but also <laughs> that comes at a cost of yeah it's the overcorrection, and so it is fascinating to watch a hitman movie where the point i feel like there's so many like hitman or x badass brought back into the fold movies where it's about obviously the tension between the normal quiet life and the killer but here it's less about picking one or the other or or it's really, yeah, just about leaning into that and finding the most actualized life for yourself based on what you're good at and what you love. Yeah. And I loved, yeah, the way that it's more about striking the balance rather than it is about, I gotta get out and do one last job, or I'm back and I yeah. gotta, you know, prove supremacy. It's like, you get the sense that when he gets the call, he is actually a little bit bummed to have to, like, go back to work so quickly <laughs> yeah. and so yeah like they really pin together uh, the the at home stuff and the nitty gritty you know violent action stuff into what feels like a well rounded complete package for the most part yeah storytelling wise I think they really cared about that a lot mm -hmm. I thought it was just going to be a big style over substance with a great Bob Odenkirk movie yeah. <laughs> performance. I thought that's what it was going to be like. A great Bob Odenkirk <laughs> performance in a super stylish film. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised by, oh, you, you care a lot more about the character storytelling than I expected. I yeah. was expecting it to be one of those scenarios where it's like the cast really elevates like a pretty straightforward script. But yeah, it's like the scripting I thought had a, a thoughtful quality to it along with all your cool action movie tropes. And for Ilya Neischler, like the coming out of hardcore Henry, yeah. I really appreciated this movie's restraint because there are, I mean, yeah, obviously that guy has a knack for stylish action, but I thought that it avoided, for me at least, doing too much style only for the sake of style. Like, you could argue that shot where the gun flips and then Rizza catches it is just, like, I super mean, cool. You earned that at the but finale. At the finale, it's like, yeah. oh, you're unleashed at that point. But <laughs> yeah. there are so many great, really deliberate, just, like, pans or one-er shots that serve to 
really sell the action and to really make it feel tangible and coming out of something that is so kinetic and frantic and frenetic and frantic like Hardcore Henry to see something like this that is like really restrained and then hulks out when it needs to yeah. like it, it really does in a completely action movie kind of way embody that sort of seething simmering anguish at the heart of like a werewolf kind of story so like I thought this yeah. was a cool growth for that guy as a director as well you know well it's like the first the only oneer that you have of this movie is the one with the introduction of the of our villain mm -hmm. the Russian bad guy yeah and it is a great introduction mm -hmm. you know that's something I don't want to make this just a John Wick comparison I, I think the reason why I'm doing that is because that's all I heard about this movie this it, like it was just constantly compared and I get it like it's a dude who's a formerly a hitman and then bites the Russians. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, I totally see why people compare. I can't disregard that. Um, it's, but there are things here that I think like store, like when you think about John Wick, that's a different type of movie in the sense that that's a, a not as funny in the, in, in the way how this is more overtly funny. And also it's um, like, there's more of like a fun pop zest to this film yeah. versus there's that. Ironic humor, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that one, the motive for what he's doing is very different. Uh, like John Wick is a pure revenge film where this is, it comes from a, selfish desire essentially is where this comes from and then it becomes about protecting yeah you know and so and i hear that word will smith really ruined that word for me <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> all right. so, so we slapped the holy russians yeah, around man bob odenkirk just slapping everybody nonstop. so he's coined that phrase now um yes so yeah it's a very different type of thing and i think too with terms of your russian bad guy I'd say for the most part. Does he lose uh, uh, some of the threatening weight as the movie progresses? Yeah, by the time freaking Bob Odenkirk shows up at a, at the club. At the club yeah. and is incinerating the money and everything. You're yeah. like, okay, this guy's not threatening at all yeah, anymore. Yeah, ain't got shit. But at first, you know, it is it is threatening. And the way they build him up, I think, is really cool. Uh, they, they, they do. Th that's when I was, I am a little concerned for him because it's the way they, they um, the, the, the picture they paint of the kind of baddie he is mm -hmm. sounds scary and the kind of guy you wouldn't want to mess with. Mm -hmm. And I think the way they they fleshed out the um, uh, the world that uh, our main character comes from is this Hutch's real his actual name, um, but the, okay. The way they flesh out the world, there's some noise going out there. The way they flesh out the world that Hutch comes from, I think the way they they spread out the little bits of information about his backstory was really well done. Like mm -hmm. how he just tells his son up front, like I was an auditor. And yet sounds like it was it's his cover story. Mm -hmm. And then you find out that that's actually what he was titled yeah. and why he was titled that. I'm like, oh, that's really cool because mm -hmm. he could just be up front with it. I was an auditor, but not the kind of auditor you actually think he was. And yeah. then the way they handled the backstory with his wife, like it sounds like his wife knew something about him because hmm. uh, she wasn't surprised when she saw him and she was you know tending to his wounds and we don't know much about how they met necessarily but the way they allude to what they were like at the beginning when starting a new starting a life like this was exciting for him when starting a family was exciting hmm. for him 
And then now that he's just only doing that, <laughs> it, how that it's lost a lot of that flavor for them. And even that cliche assassin story of the day that changed was the day he didn't kill this guy because he heard his story. But I thought the way that played out and how that influenced his decision yeah. to do the family. I'm like, oh, that's fresh. Like, it's very cliche to be like, you had the gun to the back of the guy's head and then he couldn't pull for the trigger for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and then for him to like do the whole, I caught up with him, saw he was actually, he cleaned up and he has a family life and that, that made him want to have that as well. I think is refreshing. There's a lot of unique things I think they did here and they, they kept the life throughout. And, and, I, and I feel like visually, there was a lot of cool like visual illustrations that they, that they point out that an average audience member, I think, latch on to. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they framed a lot of the way him and his wife are. They, a lot of the shots were like, they're separated. Yeah. You know, there's usually something that is a divide, like a physical yeah. divider between them. Yeah, Whether physical that be the divide. pillow or the car when they're in the garage, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> barriers and use of negative spaces or yeah. like claustrophobic framing, you know, when they're talking to each other directly, yeah. But I wanted to see some, there are some wrap-ups that I would have liked to have seen. Like, I wanted to see the daughter get the kitty. I wanted to mm. see the daughter get the kitty bracelet. I wanted to, Something with the sun. There are some emotional beats. I'm like, I, I cared about that. I cared about the family yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, know? for sure. So I, I wanted a little bit of buttons there, um, but it, I, it would be a lie to say I left dissatisfied by the time it ended. Mm -hmm. Well, this this reminded me kind of of how I almost feel like Hitman movies like this are sort of like garage rock where it's like, yeah, there are like a lot of pieces of this. A lot of the chords are the same as like a million things you've seen, but when you put them in an interesting order and you put in a few interesting flourishes, something can feel quite new. And when you have enough unique little twists on the idea, like, like you were talking about with letting that guy go, like that's when these things can really sing. And it is simple and all it takes is some expressive communication of the themes of the story through the filmmaking and I feel like this is a good example of one that didn't get too lost in the weeds of you know putting a bunch of cool effects and filters and stuff like that it just went with okay what's the song we're playing how do we accentuate it the most while also keeping it straightforward and to the point and uh, and yeah like there are how would you describe the the choice of songs like I feel like you would bet be better at articulating let me attempt and then hmm? you re write what I'm saying <laughs> um, is that I think the choice of songs because obviously they're the choice of songs that our character is using in this movie they feel like because there's such oldies music you know they're from such a different era kind of like the bygone era of our character mm -hmm. as well so I love that it was constantly those were the needle drops of the film mm -hmm. yeah, yeah I, I think you're you know i think you're absolutely right it's like it's hearkening they sound like you know they're peppy and they are you know warm and inviting and they feel they are of an older time so it feels like something more quintessential and classic like you know the american family household or whatever but also in the lyrics uh, you know, I, I don't felt very a, intentional. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I don't have a great recollection of every song, but I feel like the irony and the clever part about choosing those is that yeah, they have this familial, homey quality within the sound, but when you dig within the lyrics, they actually seem to be speaking to these things that actually want to get out of him or to you know be sort of acknowledged. And that's the thing that music is really great at is you know is carrying a certain level of dramatic irony when you contrast what the lyrics are saying with the sound. And I feel like this 
It's like there's that there's that one moment where they use Heartbreaker, which is like a pretty badass, you know, it's like mm -hmm. that's your quintessential action movie rock tune moment. And I thought that was placed nicely amid all these other ones because, yeah, it's sort of the duality to me of his life is sort of the sound is something he he does care for and he does want that warmth and when, when he's looking there's that one shot and I don't remember if it was underscored with music but where he's looking into the house the warm light is bathed on him but he's outside everything is really cold and so I feel like the lyrical content does a good job in those songs of complementing the theme of what his character is experiencing feeling wanting to let out without being like a song choice where it's like, oh, you chose this for the lyrics. I get it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought they were, they were well chosen. Yeah, it's an excellent film. I think for what it is, and uh, I think it's freaking excellent. Mm -hmm. And um, the it, it becomes a little cartoony with RZA and the dad. Yeah, a little cartoony, but there's something also charming about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a family reunion still. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. And I like the, even though a lot of the chemistry form with Reza is through the, um, what kind of player is that? Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, just like an old Music time player. radio transmitter, yeah. yeah. A lot of the communication is formed through that. I think there is a good chemistry there. By the time he shows up, it's really rewarding. Well, so. and even the use of that, like when he, when you used to seeing him on that, and then he calls him on the phone, and he's like, hey, you don't want to get this number traced, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it communicates the urgency even just through that motif, you know? True. Well chosen. Guys, what do you think about the movie Nobody? Leave your thoughts down below. Subscribe, click that bell, hit that like button, and hey, let's do a Patreon. David Gandy, I just wanted to say thank you for inspiring this biopic of your life. I feel like if anybody out there is itching to let the beast out, it's you, David. You got such a lovely demeanor. You're a kind, good-hearted guy, and that's that's you. But you're also a successful, accomplished martial artist, and I feel like you probably have a little pent-up rage that you need to go out there in the streets and just let out, you know? You're like family to us, and I would feel very safe in your care. And uh, hey, if you could teach me a thing or two, I would be very grateful. No, you're not gonna have me looking at you like the sun in this movie. I'm just gonna be all admiration, David Gandy. So I uh, hope you're... Staying well and kicking ass out there, and we'll catch you next month. Catch you, David.